Hi, this is Dr. Hughes, and I'm finally back from the holiday vacation. This is my first 2019 episode that I'm recording, and I anticipate many, many more this year. I thought that I would maybe record one more episode prior to Christmas and one, maybe two more episodes subsequent to Christmas, still over the holiday vacation, but I got a little bit busy. I have three courses that I'm teaching this semester, and so it took me a little bit longer into January than I had anticipated recording this this session, uh, even with all of what went on over the holiday vacation, family and preparation for this semester, and so I apologize. However, I am back. I'm excited to be able to announce that I have two different retreats, one a couple retreat, the other one potentially a couple retreat, couple or individual, uh, more single parent retreat. Uh, the first retreat for couples is a Latter-day Saint sexual intimacy retreat. It's a all-day-long retreat, 9 to 5. And the second retreat that I will be having will be, it could be one parent, it could be both parents, it could be a single parent, but it will be a retreat nine to five as well for those that are looking to um, teach their kids about sexual intimacy. So it's a home-centered sexual education retreat. So I'm excited to be announcing that for this first part of the year we anticipate uh, later in February, towards the end of February, having the couple retreat, and then the first part of March having the the sexual education, home-centered sexual education retreat. Today, what I'd like to talk about are a couple different topics. Um, some of them are related, others are, are not so much, but uh, they were relevant in my mind, things that I wanted to make sure to put out there on this podcast. So the first, and, and I, I got to pause for a second and remind everybody this is, you know, coming back into, into listening to these podcasts um, and me recording these. We are, we are, um, I am talking specifically for Latter-day Saints that are working on improving their sexual relationship, um, their sexual intimacy uh, with their spouse and their relationship to their erotic world and to their um, sexual self, their sexual body. And so there's there's a lot of reverence that has to that needs to or is required to going into it, that's required to go into these conversations. Um, I'm going to be really really straightforward, but I, I hope that all of you know how much reverence I have for this topic and these acts or these um, the sexual anatomy for men and women. But I will be really straightforward. So. Prepare for that if you haven't listened to my prior podcasts. So the first topic that I'd like to, to discuss is vaginal lubrication. So we get plenty of clients that will come into uh, Covenant Sex Therapy, one of my clinics, and uh, they'll say to one of my therapists or to me that they the, the female partner will say that I experience sexual pain. Um, typically, you don't have men that experience sexual pain, although I have worked with some men that have, have reported that, and I'll address that in, in a minute. But for the female clients that report sexual pain, sometimes the pain 
there's there's multiple causes uh, or potential causes for female sexual pain. Uh, it's it's typically diagnosed as genital pelvic pain penetrative disorder, which is basically just pain upon penetration, and that's typically um, a, a female issue, uh, especially within the Latter Day Saint population. Um, you you as a therapist, you might see genital pelvic. Um, pain penetrative disorder um, potentially among gay clients um, but in working with the Latter-day Saint population and typically those that are uh, uh, ascribed to uh, um, you know they are heterosexual uh, this is a female issue a female struggle with uh, with pain upon penetration uh, so uh, but what I wanted to talk about was specifically lubrication in this regard. So the female body should, in an ideal world, produce enough vaginal lubrication with physiological arousal. Not something uh, that's something that people often, couples often miss, is they may not be... Uh, the the woman or the couple may not be adequately engaged or prepared for sexual intercourse or intercourse or penetration of whatever kind manual stimulation from one's spouse uh, or the use of a, a sexual novelty item like a uh, a vibrator let's say um, so they may not be pre prepared for that penetration and therefore there's not adequate vaginal lubrication. Um, Sometimes, even when there is lubrication that's uh, applied, though, and this is the the point that I really want to make, sometimes when there is an, is lubrication that's applied in addition to uh, the the vaginal lubrication, and it's important if if the woman um, is able to uh, have vaginal lubrication that they're providing enough physiological arousal, there's enough emotional connection, um, that that vaginal lubrication would happen. Um, however, there's plenty of couples that need uh, and the added help of a lubricant. Um, it's really important that this lubricant is provided um, to all the right areas, let's say. Sometimes the man will just apply the lubricant to his penis and that could be adequate. However, because of the physiological makeup of the female sexual anatomy, specifically the labia minora, the labia majora, so the like the lips of the vagina, the uh, or the vulva, excuse me, uh, the vulva itself, which is the exterior female sexual anatomy, um, because of that physiological makeup and how every woman is different. Even if the man were to apply copious amounts to his penis, it may be that the labia majora or minora are not adequately lubricated. And with in and out thrusting and penetration, um, and even with time and some of that lubricant sort of um, becoming, uh, uh, not providing the, the help that it did initially, um, it can be painful or uncomfortable. Uh, sometimes the labia majora or minora might uh, get caught or rub the wrong way or or rub in a way that uh, or, or against something, a part of the male body or uh, um, 
that doesn't have enough lubricant. So it's really important for there to be a lubricant on the man and also on the woman and not just by the vaginal opening or inside the vaginal opening, also on the labia minora, sometimes on the labia majora. Um, you know, it's, it's, uh, in a fun way, it's a messy, it's a messy process, sexual intimacy anyways. So you might as well apply, uh, more lubrication if that's something that the couple needs. Now I've said before in other podcasts that you as a couple don't want to just apply a lubricant, um, and, and have intercourse because the woman may not be physiologically aroused enough for in- intercourse, even though intercourse is possible with the lubricant. And so I, I, I kind of like for the couples that I work with to, um, to have plenty of sexual encounters without a lubricant first, uh, where there's enough physiological arousal, emotional arousal connection for both the husband, but especially for the wife, um, prior to uh, applying a lubricant so that they can um, a lot of times women have a harder time gauging where they are in the sexual response cycle. They don't, they don't have a, a, as obvious of a measure of that as the man does with physiological arousal of the penis. So uh, vasocongestion or blood flow to the penis um, makes it a little bit more obvious, a lot more obvious uh, that the man is capable of having penetrative intercourse without it being painful. They can see, they can feel that the penis is uh, firmly erect, and so then they can move on to intercourse. However, if a couple just applies a lubricant to to the woman's uh, vulva and and, uh, vaginal opening, and then they move to intercourse, she may or may not be prepared for that. So um, her own vaginal lubrication is a good indicator um, at least at the onset is a good in, in at the onset of the relationship is a good indicator of physiological uh, arousal and preparedness for intercourse and so um, I like couples to be you know make sure that there's enough uh, foreplay there's enough um, lubrication or at least time for that lubrication to occur before they move on to intercourse and then through time if they find that she's not produ- producing enough lubrication on her own for intercourse to be pain-free or comfortable then they they then will uh, um, apply more of a lubricant but they'll know how much time it it typically takes or what it feels like for her or what the lubrication may be like prior to needing an additional lubricant. So, um, all right, I want to move on now from from the that lubricant discomfort talk uh, to uh, just the men and women understanding um, what is what is needed for them um, by way of sexual intimacy. I've had lately a lot of couples that will come in and they don't really know what it is that they like or enjoy sexually. Um, and I, I'm very careful to not move on to, um, or to, to, 
uh, collude, we call it collude with the system, and or buy into the idea that they just need um, different positions or um, need to know their, their anatomy and know what sexual physical touch um, is, is needed. I, I'm really careful and mindful uh, in working with couples to make sure that the connection, the emotional intimacy is there, those pieces are there, that they're able to be vulnerable with one another. And then we will um, talk and I will assess for uh, um, the right type of uh, understanding of what one needs. And so this is this conversation I'm going to have with you guys, this discussion I'm going to have with you, um, should be nested within that uh, all the rest of that that um for for this couple for you for your, your in your relationship you've already uh you already feel like you are able to be vulnerable with your spouse you feel connection outside of and inside of the bedroom um you you feel um that that emotional intimacy is there and present you feel bonded and connected and not just outside of the bedroom, like I said, also inside of the bedroom. And um, and, and let's say that you're still struggling. The two of you are still struggling, even nested within, or within all of those other um, uh, parameters. You guys are still struggling as, as a couple. And so then I would encourage the two of you to be uh, aware of what it is that you need physically. Often in our society, in in the world, we'll we'll go right to well, they may not be in the right position, or there may not be enough sexual stimulation, or clitoral stimulation, or penile penetration, or penile stimulation, um, and so there will be a focus on that. Or there's not enough, you know, maybe they don't wear lingerie, and they need to include that, or they need to include include novelty items. Not that any of these things are are bad, mind you, but it's important to. Um, to have those discussions, to work on that, to include those things um, should you need to after there's vulnerability, after there's trust, after there's connection, after there's commitment, after there's um, emotional intimacy. Um, within all of that, then you want to have these, um, these other discussions and include these other things. So... Um, Let's say all of that has been worked through. You know, there's all those pieces are present in the, their relationship and in their sexual relationship. But they're still struggling as a couple. You're still struggling as a couple. I would say it's important for each husband and, and wife um, to be aware of what they need physically and what they need sexually. And um, this is a difficult conversation, but that's one of the reasons why I created this podcast is because um, there historically, in my opinion, have not been adequate literature or um, adequate information for Latter-day Saints that are struggling in their sexual relationship um, that are direct and, and forward and will have the difficult or hard conversations or uncomfortable or messy conversations. And this is one of those conversations. This is one of those topics that, that I'm going to, um, we're going to discuss, um, that I'm going to talk about. Um, and, um, and I, I don't ever provide my stance, what I think 
should happen in any relationship. Um, it should be done this way or that way. I, I will never say that. I won't even say that with couples that I've worked with for, let's say, uh, six months, a year. I, I, I won't say what I think um, they should do in this regard, um, but I will have uh, conversations about why it is they're uncomfortable with certain things or why it is they, um, you, you know, what would it be like if they weren't uncomfortable with this? Um, and so anyways, it, it's, um, so the topic is being comfortable with one's own sexual anatomy, knowing what one physically and sexually needs. And in order to do so, it's important to have a relationship with your, with your body, um, to, to know what touch feels good and what touch does not feel good. And so it's important for couples to have this conversation, but they can't have this conversation. Latter-day Saint couples can't have this conversation if if they have not been able to um, allow their spouse or themselves to explore their body. And so my encouragement to all of you is to have conversations with your spouse um, about what it is that you like or you don't like. And if you don't really know, then it requires you or you and your spouse to go and figure that out and to go and physically, is what I'm saying, physically figure that out, go and physically explore what it is that feels good and what doesn't feel good. So that when you're together and you're engaged in a sexual encounter, you can have an enjoy an enjoyable satisfying sexual encounter one that is godly one that uplifts that bonds that connects that binds you two together and that can't be done if you're just hoping that your spouse will figure it out if you don't and and especially it's not going to happen if you haven't figured it out it would be one thing if you figured it out and you haven't even uh, told your spouse that would be a huge challenge but if you don't even know and you're expecting your spouse to know then that's like throwing darts in the dark and just hoping something's going to stick um, so my encouragement to all of you is to have the conversation if you don't feel like you know what you need or what you like sexually have the conversation with your spouse. How do I, how do I obtain that? How do I learn that? How should I? Let's talk about that. Let's have this conversation. How should you? And that may be that you guys decide as a couple, and I'd also include God in, in this if I were you. You decide, the three of you decide, it could be that you decide that he and she go and explore their body or just she explores her body or just he explores his body and then you come back and you, you show your spouse or your partner what it is that you liked or what you didn't like and then you go back and ex explore a little bit more reiterate some things maybe um, try something else out and then you go back and you show and you teach your partner and there's this back and forth thing until you figured out what it is that you really like and until you figured out how or your spouse has figured out how they can provide that touch and that stimulation uh, within your interactions uh, within uh, you know with them physically or, or manually stimulating you you manually stimulating them 
during sexual intercourse because that's different. It's different from, uh, you know, being touched by a spouse's hand versus um, vaginal intercourse or penile um, penetration. Um, it varies. It's different. And so even though you may figure out what feels good for you uh, alone and what feels good for your spouse to do with their hand, um, it it changes. It's altered once penetration happens and once the hand's removed. Um, and so it's important for you guys to figure out um, how can we continue to have that that enjoyable touch, that enjoyable physical stimulation. However, you may be uncomfortable with that. And I've worked with plenty of couples, plenty of, and when I say couples, I'm like 99% of my clients are LDS, or excuse me, Latter-day Saint men and women. And I've had plenty that have said we are totally fine with doing that, exploring on our own, and then coming together and teaching each other. I've also had plenty that have said, you know what, we just, that doesn't work for us. We're not okay with that. We struggle with that. And we've kind of explored why that is and, and that this is totally fine. I don't care one way or the other. Um, but when they say, hey, we're not okay with doing that on our own, well, then we've got to figure out an, another solution. And these are uh, solutions in the world of sex therapy. The the first um line of defense or line of attack, I guess you could say, would be for the individual to go and explore their body alone. The second um, attack, you know, line of defense or, or, or attack that you would use would be, if they are not comfortable doing that alone, would be to include one spouse. So how would you feel if your spouse was present in the house and knew that that's what you were doing? Oh, you're still not okay with that? Okay, well, explore why and everything, and then you come back. Well, how would you feel if your spouse was in the same room as you, but they were doing something else? Okay, you're still not okay with that. How would you feel if your your spouse uh, was talking to you or stroking your hair or, um, you know, physically touching you um, while you were exploring your body and trying to figure it out? Well, you feel a little bit more okay with that, or let's say this couple does feel okay with that, well, then that's where you start. And then you do what I said earlier, you figure out what feels good, you teach that, that spouse, you go back and figure it out a little bit more, and then teach your spouse a little bit more what you're finding, and you go back and forth like that. Let's say, though, that it, you as a couple are still not okay with that. No, it's just, that's too hard for, uh, you know, that we're not okay with that. Um, well, what if he or she was providing sexual stimulation while you were also exploring your body? Um, and if they're okay, then you do what I said earlier. If they're not okay with that, then you move to, um, all right, well, they can be the one that's touching your body. But what if you put your hand on top of theirs? And what if you uh, you guided their hand? And so it was really them touching you, um, but, but, but it's through your prompts. Yeah, you feel a little bit more okay with that, or you feel all the way okay with that. Usually we're able to find something that works for the couple, for the Latter-day Saint couple. I mean, I, not usually. I can say 100% of the time we've, I've been able to find um, something like in this line of attack, you could say, uh, that works for the couple. So it's really important for the couple, each individual, to figure out what it is that they physically need and like and to be able to then communicate that. 
All right. Um, I want to move on to a different topic. This is a topic uh, uh, on UTIs, urinary tract infections, um, also known as honeymoon cystitis. Um, this can be the case for newlywed couples, and we have a lot of newlywed couples that have not been sexually active in in our culture, in our population. Um, it's really, really common for Latter-day Saint women to experience honeymoon cystitis or U- UTIs while they're on their honeymoon. Moon. Um, however, this is not just for newlywed couples. Um, this can be something that couples that have been married for 10 years, 20 years plus experience. Um, some uh, helpful tips um, for those couples that are struggling with honeymoon cystitis or um, regular UTIs is to, to make sure that they urinate before intercourse or sexual stimulation they wash uh, well after so maybe take a shower um, or or and and a lot of times you urinate after and make sure that uh, the vulva is cleaned adequately sometimes it's helpful for the the man to have a take a shower or wash his penis prior to intercourse um, so the the urination, the you know, making sure that there's um, that both bodies, the both sexual organs are are clean, um, maybe more so clean than you would you would assume, um, is really helpful in reducing these UTIs and honeymoon cystitis. All right, so that's it for today. That's uh, the the first podcast of 2019 for Covenant Sex is is in the books, so to speak. This is uh, Dr. Hughes sitting in an armchair in Pleasant Grove, Utah, talking about sex.